morning, students. Welcome to the podcast formerly known as Things You Didn't Learn in Sunday School, now known as Ah, Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just good. <laughs> enjoy that. Uh, I'm Miss Wiley. I'm Mr. Artis. And I'm Mr. Birkin. And today the question is, is being gay a sin? Um, now, before we sort of dismantle and rebuild this question, um, I just wanted to start us off with a story from this old Canadian professor named Dr. Block, who I actually took at Wheaton, and Mr. Hartness took not too long ago um, for the class on racism, right? Mm-hmm. Great guy, brilliant, Deuteronomy scholar, booming Canadian voice that I'm going to not do justice to. And, and possibly related to a Ron Block that Mr. Virgin was familiar with. Yeah, right, like second cousins or something? I, I don't know. Can your guy play the banjo? Maybe. Um, probably not. Yeah, okay. Not related then. <laughs> so, um, I was in a Sunday school class with Dr. Block, and he was preaching on First Corinthians, and there's this part in the middle where Paul addresses different groups. So he's reading over the part where Paul addresses wives, and Paul addresses husbands. And I just loved how he started off, because he opens the Bible, and he's like, turn with me to First Corinthians, whatever, whatever. And he goes, wives! And then he stops. And he looks out over everybody and says, Now, husbands, plug up your ears. This is not written to you. This is not for you. This is really none of your business. Paul is talking to the wives. This is their job. And then he reads through the whole passage, and then he does the husbands, and he does the same thing. He's like, Wives, this is not for you. This is not for you to go to your husbands and say, Hey, you should be doing this. You're not doing this because the Bible says it. Um... It's Paul writing to the husbands. And I thought of that story when we got to this question because it really only applies to, I think, two pretty small groups of people. And I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I think it only applies to, one, Christians who are gay, right? Not just gay people in general. Christians who are gay, people who want to follow the Lord. And secondly, people in positions of spiritual authority who are supposed to give guidance to potentially Christians who are gay. Other than that, like, this question so does not apply to us, right, as like straight young married people. Um, So just moving forward, I just want to start with that, like, I want to make sure that we are not um, being jerks about it. And I think on a similar note, it's important to uh, again, acknowledge this question as, and I, and I agree, with, and I agree with what the Lord Miss Wiley just said. Um, acknowledge this question as a uh, uniquely theological question that is not a um, political question, or it's a theological question that, when in our in our thinking about it and our responding to it, both with our words and our lives, um, we need to be careful that uh, we treat it that way and don't allow um, stereotypes uh, or um, politicized or cultural jargon to influence the way that we approach um, the scriptures and approach the Lord. Um, And so that would be an encouragement. And and I do think as an addition for me, kind of adding to what Ms. Wiley has said, for me, I think it it would... uh, this consideration or even thinking what it would be like for somebody with same-sex attraction to 
um, follow after Christ. Um, thinking about this would really be important for us only insofar as we think about um, friendships with and um, care for um, people for whom that is their story. Um, and so the question of is it a sin or not, again, is not um, our question to answer, um, nor maybe is it, you know, you as students a question to try to build an academic response to. Um, but if this is in any way part of your story, then, as Ms. Wiley said, then this question, um, reworded and reshaped um, by the scriptures, can become important for you. Or if this is a part of a story of someone that you know or really care about, then again, this question, reformed and reshaped by the Lord in the scriptures, could be important for you as well um, to consider uh, thoughtfully. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, two small things for me. I don't have much uh, to add here, but I'll, I can jump in uh, if we keep the conversation going. Um, one, just a suggested reading. Read anything by Henry Nouwen. Um, if this topic is of interest to you, Nouwen uh, will be a, a good read for you. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, just generally getting at Matthew 7. Um, the exact verse I don't remember. But Matthew 7, maybe 5-ish. Um, we hear a lot of, of folks say, love the sinner, hate the sin. Um, this is where I went the other day with Ms. Wiley. Uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. And this is brought up not just, uh, specifically this is brought up, this phrase is brought up in, in relation to this, this question or this topic. Um, but it's interesting because that's not what Jesus says. Uh, nowhere in scripture does Jesus say, love the sinner, hate the sin. Jesus says in Matthew 7, love the sinner. And when you get rid of the sin in your own life, then you can start talking about the sin in someone else's life. So love the sinner, hate the sin is not there. Love this, the sinner, hate your own sin. Um, and here's the kicker we're not going to get rid of the sin in our own lives uh, so being able to judge or to, to say ah you're sinning, you're, you're wrong it's not my, my call I don't, I don't have that right, I don't have that authority um, yeah so that's, that's what I have to contribute there yeah okay so reframing the question I mean the, the initial question is being gay a sin I mean that, no no, it's not a sin to be gay. I think what the person writing that question meant was, is it a sin for a gay Christian to pursue a sexual relationship with someone of the same gender? And maybe additionally, like, can that be done within the covenant of marriage, right? And that's a much longer and more complex question. Mm -hmm. um, but, you, no, you can't. You can't look at someone in who they are this like and say that that's a sin absolutely not um even if it is a sin to like take action on these things it's not a sin to to deal with them right we all like we all as humans have things that we want to do some of which are right and some of which are wrong and it's our choice to act on those things that would or would not be sin but not like the very fact that we have desires, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that to that point, um, that's one of the places where Nowen is helpful. Um, and other authors as well uh, are helpful on this, on this point of um, giving you a picture of how um, 
this is why we just distinguish these two different things are indeed very different. Um, the reality or the story of um, being gay and wanting to follow Christ, and then the reality or the story of um, pursuing relationships with individuals of the same gender and uh, also still considering what it would be like to live in the Christian story. Those two things are different. Um, and that's where Nouwen is helpful um, in kind of giving a narrative of his life and his, um, I think he would describe it as at times an embrace and at times a wrestling with um, same-sex attraction. Um, when there's other authors as well, and I think that this is, this is a point where even within the Christian world there is debate around who has you know, the authority to write a book about the experience of being a gay Christian. Um, you know, even I, re I really like the author Wesley Hill, and a lot of people really don't. Um, I really think he has some insightful things to say on um, his experience of being a gay Christian and what that has meant for him and how he came to really understand that. Um, but he really does talk about this uh, distinct moment where for him there was a decision of um, am I still going to uh, follow the scriptures? Do I still indeed want to live within the story of the Bible? And if so, that is what led him to the decisions that he's made about um, not pursuing um, an active relationship with an individual of the same gender. And so I just say all that to say that there are individuals who have written some in a prolific way about this. Um, and for many of them, but especially for now and, and then for Hill, um, there's a couple moments that are theologically important to distinguish, um, and for them kind of individually important of the way that they've approached um, those two distinctions, and this is uh, why we set out, which are important for us to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, I think we could all attest to friendships. So, like, I mean, I have, I have two close friends who are gay who feel called to remain single, right? And I have a whole host of other friends who are gay and they're pursuing relationships and they consider themselves Christians. And then I think the vast majority of my gay friends have walked away from the faith because of it. And that to me is like the hardest part, right? Like that I have friends that because of this issue, because of the way this issue is handled by Christians, just gave up on Jesus entirely um, and I think if you are in that position it's obviously a very tricky position to be in any any anything that has to do with being a, a Christian and then like dealing with sexuality whether you're gay or straight right like Christians have always been weird when it comes to sex right but I mean I don't know how else to, That's to fair. say <laughs> like, fair. it's like okay so we have like some books in the Bible that are erotic poetry and it's like sex is great and then we have other places that are like, don't do it. And it's like something you have to wrestle with. This thing that God created and is good, but is only for the context of marriage, and you're supposed to do it differently than all the rest of the world does it. That's not just like a thing for gay people to have to deal with, right? And the fact that there would be Christians who are, you know, in positions of authority, addicted to pornography, or like committing adultery, and then telling gay people like, oh, you need to clean up your sex life? That's ridiculous, right? Like, this is this is something hard about the Christian life and that we, 
we can't say like, oh, this one aspect of a Christian sex life is really important, but it's okay if like all these other aspects of straight Christian sex lives mm-hmm. are like shoddy at best. No, that's that's just totally unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, but then go, we get to the question of like, is it is it wrong for a gay Christian to pursue marriage with someone of the same gender and then sex within marriage. Um, And that, I think, yeah, is where there's plenty of stuff to read. I also think that you guys can look into the original language now. Like, you know how to do that. So you can find these verses and you can find the words that Paul is using to describe these things and and read about them. Read about them in their context. Unfortunately, one of my big pet peeves is like translations of scripture into English that sort of gloss over some of these words and make them a lot less harmless than they are, um, especially when dealing with sexuality. But also, like sometimes Paul is using really strong language, and we just sort of translate it into English as like rubbish. Um, but <laughs> I mean, he's yep. <laughs> he's cursing, right? And oh, we're not gonna put curse words in the Bible, but like. We lose the gravitas of Paul's language, and we lose the specificity of his language around sex in his epistles in our translation. So go back to the original, right? Some language used around Christian sexual ethics is like, don't go have sex with a temple prostitute. And you're like, check. Wasn't planning on it. Okay, that was easy. But other words have a more complicated history, specifically one word that we would deal with around this issue, and you should look into it. Look into it in the Greek see where it comes from the Hebrew and the Septuagint, like look at the roots of those words, like Mr. Virgin does his like square root thing, and pray over it for yourself, right? What is this, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't wanna do that for you, I think that you're capable, but if that is a question you need an answer for, I think that's where you should look first. I have to go get my triglycerides checked. Oh. So students, if you made it this far, then please ask me how my triglycerides are. <laughs> but let my parting uh, my parting thought here is that um, I had a counselor once who and uh, some pastors at a church who had this line that was I think intended to be provocative, and they would say everything is sexual, mm-hmm. and um, and in that comment is wrapped up the reality that um, the Lord has created us and our sexuality is a key part of our identity. Um, and within the window of sexuality, we learn a lot about intimacy, and we learn a lot about the intimacy that God um, longs for us to have with Him, and the intimacy He gives us with Himself. I say all that to say that uh, the church is a place that's supposed to be a cultivator of that intimacy with the Lord and among members of the church um, with one another. And so um, let that be an encouragement to you here, that if this topic is a part of your story or is a part of anyone that you care about's story, uh, you, if you, if you are interested or are someone who wants to follow Jesus, then this is a great place of invitation for you to uh, uh, extend that intimacy and friendship and care um, with those around you and to receive that from them. I have learned a lot from the testimony of friends, um, books, authors, and so forth, uh, for whom, the, for whom uh, being gay and being a gay Christian is a part of their story. I've learned a lot about intimacy and learned a lot about um, what their relationship with the Lord is like. So this is an invitation to you to humble yourself 
um, and to move towards those people uh, with a lot of care, with a lot of friendship and a desire to um, glean from them um, what they know of the Lord. Mm. Thanks for that. How's that with your biometric screen? Ask me about the students, I'm very fragile, but you can ask, I give you permission. Yeah, right, you'll be fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with, with what he said. I have a, one of my closest friends is currently writing a book on sexuality from a Christian perspective, on the whole. Um, she happens to also be gay, but it's not just about that, it's about God's intent. So, if uh, any of you guys want to talk to her about it, I can hook you up. Uh, her name's Anna Robinson, so it's going to be going to be good. I don't know if her book's going to be big, but she is absolutely brilliant. Just incredibly brilliant. Do you have anything else to add? No, not really. Um, I have what I said earlier, unless I guess I'm reading, but my, my job is, is never to, I don't know, I just never view my job as coming across too directly. Um, I'm here to help you think through things, so if you want to have a conversation, uh, I, I'm happy to talk with you to help you understand things for yourself. Um, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just never going to tell you directly this is what you must think. Um, it's just not my place. Um, so if you do want to continue this conversation, you're welcome to find me. I'm always happy to talk. Mr. Virgin does know Greek. So if you're delving into those words in their original context and you want help dissecting them and getting to their square roots, um, Definitely talking I'm not sure about the scare quotes were necessary. They can't see the scare quotes. Well, yeah. I, I could see them. <laughs> okay. Well, they were just there for you. Uh -huh. um, all right, Mr. Virgin, do you want to finish us off with a word from our sponsor? Today's podcast has been brought to you by McDonald's, the founder of the McGriddle. It's cheap and not that good, but you're welcome to go have it for breakfast one morning. No, they're amazing. All right, thanks for listening, guys.